Throwback Cinema. We're back. Throwback Cinema. Time for a movie review, Adam. It's time. I mean, haven't done one in a while. Yeah, it's been some time, but you I think picked, it is time. You, you time. picked this film. I did. This is a film that I feel like we were eventually going to do. Like, it was inevitable. Oh, it's yes. kind of inevitable. We both love this movie. This is on our top lists. It was my number six favorite movie of all time. I can't remember if it was on my list at all. I love this movie though. Like I thought it was. It might. It might have been. I can't remember. It's been so long. But we're doing Clerks. Clerks, the, the class, Ke- the Kevin Smith's first film, classic film, probably mm. one of the best films he's ever done. But some would argue the only good film he's ever done. But still, f- great, great cinematic movie, in my opinion. I like Kevin Smith a lot. I I don't think this is this is probably my favorite film from him, but I feel that he's done other good quality movies. I I'm a big I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith. I I, I talk about it a lot on the podcast. You listen to his podcast. I listen so. to like almost all of his podcasts. Honestly, he's he's to me such an incredibly fascinating individual and. He's a great talker, too, I guess would be the best way to describe him. He knows how to talk, and he knows how to hold an audience. I feel like if you could pick two people to have dinner with or lunch or just have a conversation, I feel like he'd be one of your two. I, I've said this before, who, um, who not on the pick? podcast. Um, well, to answer your question about uh, kind of about that, I don't really get like, you know, celebrity shock. Like people will come across celebrities like, oh my God, that's fucking. Matt Damon, or that's you know Johnny Depp, or that's Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. or something like that. And like, oh my God, he's so so amazing! Like, I want to go get their autograph. I've never come across a celebrity like that, other than like Brent Spiner and Jonathan Franks at Comic Con. We really saw like them, that. yeah. But even then, I wasn't like I wanted to go and get their autograph, but they were like charging a whole lot of money for it. And at that point, the line like, was like out the door, and I was like, I yeah, you know, I don't want to spend that much money to get their autograph. I'm fine with it. I feel like Kevin Smith is one of the few celebrities I would be almost that celebrity shocked with because I think just his personality and the way he is and some of the things he likes to make, like movie-wise and direct and everything like that, I feel like that just makes me want to talk to him even more. If you could have lunch (coughs) with two people living, any people on the planet. Yes. To answer your question there, one would be definitely Kevin Smith. I think I know your other one, too. What? If I would pick for you, I would pick Kevin Smith and Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know what? That is a very, very good thing. I wasn't thinking Neil deGrasse Tyson, but you're right. I would absolutely pick. And Neil, Do I know you dude, or what? fucking Degrassi, man. I would absolutely pick Degrassi. <laughs> Who were you going to say if you were thinking him? I, you know, I was going to think about it for a second. Like, I had to think about it like celebrity-wise. But, yeah, I would absolutely go like Kevin Smith, just, just the fascinating life he's lived and just the inspiration that he can be and then Neil deGrasse Tyson just his intelligence and the fact that he's not just a man of science but he's a funny man of science he knows how to have fun he doesn't take it too seriously so that would absolutely be like that's that's a perfect lunch that's a perfect lunch right there I would pick Jimmy Buffett and Mario Lemieux I would have picked I would have picked Bill Nye for you I would have picked I like you, Bill you love Bill Nye my my decision is Jimmy Buffett and Mario Lemieux that's I understand right. Jim, but why Mary Lemieux? I idolized him as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I played hockey. And he was like posters on my wall. Like I just like I would have celebrity shock. Like 
that's the one guy I would. Just because I was a huge sports fan, <laughs> huge hockey fan, huge Pittsburgh Penguin fan, and he was like everything. So he is one of the Kevin Smith is one of the reasons why this podcast exists. You're you're the other reason because you well you're the one that came to me years ago or a year ago actually like almost two two, almost ago. two years ago yeah. and you said hey you know we should do a podcast and I knew what podcasts were but I'd never really been turned on to them but you kind of turned me on to them a little bit and you're like let's we should do a podcast and I was like all right let's do it. And I told the story of the first episode we ever did, but I took that idea and I kind of ran with it and we made this show. But part of the other reason was I started listening to Kevin Smith podcast and the man is, and this is how I usually describe him, the perfect example of taking nothing and turning it into something. <coughs> he is absolutely the perfect example of that. He took basically nothing. Like he He didn't have any ends in the movie industry he didn't have he didn't know the right people he literally was a convenience store worker who took nothing and turned it into probably one of the greatest cult classic movies of all time like let's be honest like this movie even if you don't like kevin smith there's a lot of people that don't like him that will say i do like clerks how did you <clears throat> discover kevin smith's work what is your first the first First experience with it. The first experience I had with Kevin Smith's actual work probably was Mallrats. That was my first intro to his work. It's and the he, first film of his you saw. <clears throat> yes. And I only, I've only seen it like once or twice. So my memory is a little vague of the movie. I don't even own it. But it was extremely funny. I found it extremely funny. It wasn't overly done. You could tell it was an indie flick st still. You could st like like. A lot of his early films, you can tell it was an indie flick, but it, it just it just it just grabbed me. I like I gravitated toward like. It's... What's the story? Like, how did you come across it? Like, um, who'd you watch it with? Like, a friend of the show. Uh, her name is Laura. Group of us got together, and you know how we used to do back in the day. We would get together at you know, her house or my house or other people's houses. We just kind of hang out, watch you know, a movie, play you know Guitar Hero or something mm -hmm. like that. And you know, we'd hang out doing stuff like that. And we sat down after work one day, and we we're like, she was like, yeah, let's watch Mallrats. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, you're usually good at picking movies, so like, let's watch Mallrats. And I watched, and I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I love this movie. Like, this movie is so good. I'm trying to think. What year it was? It. <clears throat> do you have any idea? Um, approximately before 2012, I think I want to say 2009, 2010, maybe. Wow, it's something like that. That was my pro. It, it was after high school, but it might have been like a little after college, maybe after I dropped out of college. It's 2009. It might have been something which like is that. Is when you were introduced <clears throat> to Kevin Smith's work. I knew of him, but I never really watched too much of his wow, stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. You know what? Um, this might be before that. I just thought of this. It might be before that. Dogma was another one. Dogma was another movie I was introduced. I cannot remember though if it was before or after that. I like for the life of me, I can't remember if it was before or after Dogma. But there was that. There was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Those are kind of my first introductions, and it was actually a little later on where I watched Clerks for the first time. I'd always known about it. But I'd never actually sat down and watched it after a while. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? I know of this movie, but I'm like, let me sit down and watch it. Let me let me sit down, chill out, and watch this movie. My first experience with with Kevin Smith is in 1998. I was in eighth grade, and it was the summer. It was the summer in between 
eighth and ninth grade. And I was kind of at a crossroads in my life. I went to a small private Catholic school that was K through eight. And then we had just graduated from eighth grade and that school was over. And it was, do you continue on to the private Catholic school in town that's 9 through 12? Or do you go to the public school that's 9 through 12? Where a lot of my friends stayed in the Catholic school, I went to the public school. So I was leaving like a lot of my friends going to another school. So we hung out like every night that year. And it was a sleepover at my house. I had like a handful of friends over. One of them was... Michael Deloney. <laughs> and we, like I said, we were in eighth grade going into ninth grade. His sister was just graduated high school in 12th grade. She's quite a bit older than us. And he came over and he brought two. This is 1998. So they were VHS tapes. Yeah. He brought two tapes with him for us to watch. One of them was the movie Empire Records with Liv Tyler. <laughs> Great movie. The second one was a movie I'd never heard of called Mall Rats. And we actually watched Empire Records first because my other friend said, I've seen that movie. It's hilarious. Let's watch that one. We watched it. And it's a good movie. I like it. But then when it was over, we watched Mallrats next. We were just dying. It was so hilarious. It was it was just such a great experience. So at that point, I was I was in love with that style of filmmaking. And I went back and I watched <coughs> all Clerks. I, I watched Dogma when, Do- when Dogma came out because yeah. I think Mallrats was – out brand new that year yeah but whenever a new movie came out i was at the theater seeing it a lot of kevin smith films are talkies and i say that by saying it's a lot of talking basically he likes to film and write a lot of conversation between people because he 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 once said write what you know like that's kind of like the phrase that most people say whenever they write stuff, write what you know. And what he wrote was his friends gathered around having dumb conversations about just stupid stuff that we all know about. And we all love my wife, Kristen clerks is her number one favorite movie of all time. And I'm the one that got her turned on to it. When we were first dating clerks Two came out. And I said to her, I'm like, clerks is one of my favorite films. There's a sequel coming out. I got to go see it. We went and saw it in the movie theater she was dying. She was laughing hysterically. So she had never even seen the first Clerks. <laughs> she saw Clerks 2 without seeing Clerks 1. And she was dying, laughing hysterically that she had to watch Clerks and liked it even more. You can watch Clerks 2 without having seen Clerks 1 and understand. You don't really understand what's going on in their past, but you understand what's going on in the world. Like right. You understand it's direct sequel, but you don't really need to see the first one to enjoy the second one. What would be, if you had to rate... An order of Kevin Smith's movies. And I'm talking about movies he wrote, movies he directed, movies he starred in, movies he produced, anything. Any any movie that Kevin Smith is associated with, what would you what's the order you would put? Starting at five. Five. I would say my number five would have to be Zach and Miriam Make a Porno. I like that. I'm movie. a big fan of that movie. It was a later movie he did. To be honest with you, I didn't even realize when I first saw it it was a Kevin Smith flick at first, but I found out later. But it has all the people, not all the people, but it has a lot of the people that he dealt with back in the day and then newer people that he still deals with today. It had Justin Long, Brandon St. Randy. Brandon St. Randy. <laughs> you want me to pretend I don't like your cock in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That movie was filmed in Pittsburgh. 
That's right. It was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I do remember the uh, the movie. That was like you could like yeah you could plainly tell. I it was feel in Pittsburgh. like Seth Rogen and Kevin Smith should have worked together long before that movie. They should have. They're yeah. like perfect for each other. Um, it had uh, Jason Mewes, obviously, like every mm-hmm. single thing that Kevin Smith does, basically Jason Mewes has to be a part of. And it had the guy that played Randall. For the life of me, I feel really bad. I can't remember his fucking name. Um, and, um Anderson. Um, you know what? I got the DB. Hold on a second. That's all we should have known. Uh, Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson. It had Jeff Anderson it as the camera guy that gets frosted in the middle of the movie. So it um that'd have to be my number five. Hilarious movie if you've never seen it. It's on Netflix now, so check it out. Um probably my number four. And I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say Chasing Amy is probably my number four. I watched that later on in my life after I've already been a fan of Kevin Smith and I saw that. I enjoy Chasing Amy. There's a lot of people that criticize it. Oh, you know, Ben Affleck turning a lesbian into straight again, blah, 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 all this other shit like that. It's like, it's a funny love story uh, that is just, it's it's one of those genuine films. Like, it's more people getting together, having conversations, hanging out and things like that. <clears throat> I absolutely love it. It has one of the best monologues that Silent Bob ever does. Silent Bob is the kind of character... The Amy that, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of character... Silent Bob is the character Kevin Smith plays in pretty much all those films. And he's somebody who never talks unless he's got something really important to say. And it's always like maybe once or twice throughout the entire movie. So that would probably have to be my number four. Um, Red State, number three. I'm a big, I just recently watched that. I'm a big fan of Red State because it's a more it's not a comedy. It's a more serious horror esque type film. John Goodman, um, the guy that played the villain in Tusk, his most recent one, the older man. I can't remember his name either. Um, but it's basically about Westboro, kind of about the Westboro Baptist Church without naming them. It's a very cult like organization like them. Um, another very good one. We're <clears> on <throat> uh, number two. Dogma would probably have to be my number two favorite one. Um, fantastic film, tons of great actors in it, like classics, Chris Rock, it's got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, a lot of big name actors, it's got, um, I can't believe, I cannot believe, I'm forgetting the guy's name, who? The guy that just died. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, I can't believe, I love Uh, Alan Rickman so much, and he's so- Severus Snape! He's so great in this movie. He plays the voice of God. No, he doesn't. Movie. Yes, he does. He plays Lemetatron. He is a, a seraphim. He's the voice of God. He speaks for God, yes. <laughs> yes, he's the voice of God. Okay. He's the voice God of was, God. God uh, was Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Originally, Alanis Morissette was meant to play the Bethany character in that movie. But oh, really? There, I guess there was like a scheduling conflict or something like that. She couldn't be there for it. So she still wanted to be part of the movie. So Kevin Smith's like, I'll find you a position. He's like, be God. Why don't you be God? <laughs> it was something like that. But yeah, Alan Rickman plays Metatron, the essentially the voice of God. And my number one Kevin Smith favorite movie has got to be Clerks. The movie we're going to discuss here in exactly. a few moments. I would throw Clerks 2 in my honorable mentions. Honorable mention, Clerks definitely 2. Definitely on my honorable mentions, but Clerks 1 is definitely my favorite. All right, I'll do my list. Go ahead. Clerks 2 is also my honorable mention. It's worth talking about. Absolutely. But here comes my list. Number five, I have Chasing Amy. I think it's very underrated. Um Definitely some funny, funny parts, but uh, the acting, the 
Joey Lauren Adams and Ben Affleck are just they have really good chemistry in the movie. Yeah. I really like their back and forth. And it really gets you in the feel sometimes. It really does. It does, especially when they break up. Especially when they break up spoilers. Yeah. It's it's it it gets it gets you right here in the heartstrings. Yeah, I just feel when I first watched it when I was younger, I didn't like it as much as I do now that I'm older. But uh, Chasing Amy is my number five. My number four is Dogma. Uh, really like it. I like, I'm Catholic, so is Kevin Smith. I love the way that he tackled our faith. I, yeah. I, is done well. Number three, I have Mallrats. Mallrats is my number three. It's my first, first experience with Kevin Smith's work. So great. So great. I am going to say this about Mallrats. I didn't put it on my list mm-hmm. only because it's been so long since I've seen the movie. I've forgotten a lot of stuff about that movie. I need, need to, need to re-watch, rewatch I need to rewatch it. it. I don't have it, though. And it's oh, not on I Netflix. do. I'll let you borrow it. Okay, yeah. I would love to watch I it. I own every one of these. Okay. My number two is going to be interest, an interesting pick <laughs> because Kevin Smith did not direct it. He didn't even write it or star in it or act in it. He produced it. And this is a great film. I love it. And it's Goodwill Hunting. Really? Yes. I didn't realize he produced Kevin it. Kevin Smith's the producer of Goodwill Hunting, yes. It's such a good movie. I love Goodwill Hunting. Um Gus Van Sant was the director. Um but If I were an arguing man, I would say that's kind of a cop out. Why? That was meant to be a play on words for cop out. Oh, but... cop out. Fun movie, but not, not not worth the list. Yes, Bruce Willis no, and Tracy it's, Morgan. It's fair enough. Yes, Goodwill Hunting. Fair enough. I, I didn't. Know, I had no hunting. idea that that was a he was producing. Yeah, it, so. he's the producer of that. So loosely based, I guess he's involved in it, and it's a great movie. One Best Picture, didn't it? The year, I think, I think so. I'd imagine it did. It was at least nominated. I. It would have deserved it. My number it. one is Clerks. Yes, the movie that we are about to discuss. <clears throat> so that's that's my list. So. I'm going to read. I have the DVD of Clerks yes. right here sitting in front of we me. We always do this. We I'm going to read the back of the DVD here. Hmm, it's an interesting little write-up here. If you're in the market for what the Detroit News calls a lively comic adventure, Clerks delivers with wholesale hilarity. It's one wild day in the life of a pair of overworked counter jockeys whose razor sharp wit and on the job antics give a whole new meaning to customer service even while braving a non-stop parade of unpredictable shoppers the clerks manage to play hockey on the roof visit a funeral home and straighten out their offbeat love lives the boss is nowhere in sight so you can bet anything and will happen when these guys are left to run the store. Is that a typo? What? At the end? Where it says anything and will happen? Anything can and will happen. Oh, okay, you didn't say can. That's why. Oh. You skipped that. I, that's why I thought it was a typo at first. Can't even <laughs> read! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the IMDb description real quick. As IMD usually likes to be, they're a lot shorter and more to the point. That was fun, right? I liked, I liked reading that. It, that it was... is. It is. The Detroit News calls a lively comic event. That's funny. 
Okay. I, IMDb is more short and to the point. Yeah. A day in the lives of two convenience store clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies, and play hockey on the store roof. That's it. They short and to the point. Both are talking about the the hockey scene on the roof. That I, is that, that's a great scene. Like yeah, that is I, Yeah, I mean <clears throat> We were talking about it earlier. Like, I don't see the big deal of it, but okay. Yeah, you were saying that the Dante Hicks, which is one of the two main characters. I Some can say he's like the main character because he's the first one you see, but I think Dante Hicks and Randall Graves mm-hmm. are the two main characters of this particular movie. And you were talking about how Dante, he... First of all, he goes into work. He's not supposed to be here today, as the joke has played out yeah, in that movie. Yeah, he gets called into work. You know, as most of us are sometimes. At the convenience store, at the quick stop. Dude's got a hockey game, dude. He's got a hockey He's game. Got ho- it, when he first says it, you think like, oh, maybe he plays in an adult league or something. But no. No, Adam. He plays inline hockey with a group of his buddies in like a beer league. And they just like play at the park. Like... So, spoiler alert, he has to come and then play on the roof of the quick stop, which is it's a very funny scene. I love the yeah. scene. But I'm like, wow, this dude's really up in arms about missing his pickup hockey game with a bunch of his buddies. Like, it's not like it's the Stanley Cup. I like, mean, I can I can kind of see why he's upset about it. He wasn't supposed to work that day. He did the did a, he did he the guy a favor saying he would come in to work for him, but he had to be gone by, you know, 12 o'clock so he can go play his hockey game because it's his day off. And then... He, all of a sudden, he finds out that the guy that was supposed to come in, the owner, goes out of town and leaves him stranded mm-hmm. there after he had already planned. I can see why he's pissed off. But like like, like we talked about before, Dante is the kind of person that just takes everything to the extreme. Like, everything that can go wrong is like the apocalypse for him. Like, it's like a day in hell for Dante. I mean, yeah, he he gets worked up really, really <clears throat> easy. And it, it's great when you see that Randall is the opposite of that. <laughs> Randall takes nothing seriously. No, he's the Everything jokester. is a joke to him. And I love that. I, I He's sarcastic. He's shitty to the customers. He admires the fact that he can treat the customers like shit and he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't... It's as one of the scenes says where Dante tries to convince Randall, like, listen, you know, we are clerks, you know, it's our responsibility as clerks to take care of the customers, you know, that's our title, you know, that's what we, that's how we're, that's how life has dictated us right now. And he spits water in the customer's face. He's like, if life dictated the way I work, then I wouldn't be allowed to spit water in the customer's face. But I just did it. So that's kind of the way he is. He's like, he's, he's a rebel, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. He's kind of a rebel. <clears throat> What's amazing about this movie is the low budget. Of this movie. It was about total, I think, added up to about $27,000 to make this movie. And Kevin Smith basically fronted the bill for the whole thing because it's, it's his movie. He directed, he edited, he produced it, all that stuff. He uh, writ, he wrote the whole thing. Wrote it, yeah. And it's amazing to see like the lengths he went to do this. He had to sell off his comic book collection or most of his rare comic books to pay for it. He had to max out credit cards. You had told me the story that uh, he and Jason Muse had gotten a car accident in the settlement from that the insurance because, company. Yeah, yeah. From the insurance company. He used that to help pay for the equipment too. Fascinating. And that's the reason why the movies in black and white in the first place was because it was cheaper to do with that than, the, than to do it in color. That that's true. But also on top of that, he actually worked at the quick stop. 
Kevin Smith was a clerk. He worked at that very store, and he would work a long day. He would get up at 6 a.m., start working, and then at 11 o'clock when yeah. the store would close, that's when they would start filming inside <coughs> the store because they, they had to film when the store was closed. And because of that, it was filmed at night, fluorescent lighting, Doing it black and white. That's why they had the shutters down the whole time. They wrote yeah. that cool little thing into the script. Yeah, they because put... you had been looking outside and it's dark all day. And it would have been a continuity <laughs> error when they go outside to play hockey or drive down the street to go to the uh, funeral home. You'd see that it's light out. And then they come back to the store and it's dark out. So yeah. they had to have the shutters closed so you saw that it wasn't dark. Yeah. And the poor lighting in there, because the shutters were closed... Black and white was just the way to go. Yeah, that that would also absolutely help it. Um, I don't know if it. I'm I'm not gonna say it wouldn't work in color, but I think it's better in black and white. Almost like if it, if it was in color, I don't know if it have the same. Kevin Smith when he first started writing, he was I don't wanna say poetic, but uh, the tone of the movie, at least like when they go through like when they go through the first scene, they have the the words and phrases and everything like that as they go about the movie. It seems almost uh, what's the word I want to look for? Fuck. Um, I I had it perfect when I was watching this movie. I can't think of it, but it's almost pre- pretentious is the movie I want to the word I want to use. <clears throat> I and I hate to use that word when I'm talking about Kevin Smith, but it the movie when he I. I think you were telling me, you said that you know why, the reason why they use the words and everything like that throughout those certain scenes and mm-hmm. everything. And I'm going to let you explain that in a second. But when I was first watching it, that's just kind of how it felt to me. Like, it was almost up its own ass a little bit when I was talking about that. To a little bit. It it pays homage to you know, Dante's Inferno. That's why Dante is named Dante. That's his character's name from okay. Dante's Inferno. And there's 12 of those little... Yeah. Intersection. And it represents the 12 levels of hell. Yeah. The why? I don't know. I don't know. But it's it like, was. It's like vilification, vagary, purgatory, things like yes. that. Harbinger. Those kind of phrases. I actually, I, when I was watching this, I put in my phone, I have these little uh, notes and stuff like that. I put in every word in the definition forum just in case we would need them. But it was kind of a waste of time. <laughs> to be honest with you, but I kind of did that, so I have every single word and their definition in here. Um, but yeah, that that's <clears throat> that's kind of how I felt whenever I would watch. It, it doesn't really bother me. But I remember watching it one time with with some people, and uh, probably around right around the time I watched Mallrats for the first time when when I was watching Clerks, I was watching it with Mike and his older sister who got us hooked on them, and. I remember asking her, what's that word mean? What's, what's that word mean? I don't know. What that, I can't pronounce that word. What's that word mean? But now I know that it represents Dante's Inferno. Yeah, so. which is very poetic. It's very poetic of him to do that. Um, one of the things that you can tell how... I don't want to say amateurish because it almost sounds negative, but one of the things you say how rookie like they were whenever they were they were making the film. Like there was one scene I remember when they were doing a close up of Jay and Silent Bob. They were outside. They were talking to I think the Scott Mosier character. Scott Mosier he plays a few different characters in the movie. He's one of Kevin Smith's uh, oldest friends, and he's a producer on a lot of his films. Um, you can see. 
in the window as they're focusing in and stuff like that. You can see the camera and stuff like that, and whoever's using the camera. Like, it's... <clears throat> It's it's fine, like it doesn't really bother me, but it's one of those things. It's like you can kind of tell that these guys were just regular people making a movie. Like they didn't know what they were doing. They had no training. They didn't go to school for it. These are just guys that got together and was like, Kevin Smith wants to make this movie. Like we're all friends. Like and some of them were just people he cast for. Let's make the movie. I'll expand on that. I will say the acting, the acting in the movie, isn't great. It's subpar. I mean, other than Dante and Randall, the two main characters, Jay and Silent Bob, Silent Bob doesn't speak. Jay just funny, funny lines. Yeah. But um, the two, the two women, um, Veronica and Caitlin. Veronica and Caitlin, boy, the actresses that play them, and I understand this movie was cast by Kevin Smith's friends, people yeah. he knew that lived in Jersey, but Veronica and Caitlin were not good characters. I'll be honest. I I thought that about Caitlyn Veronica. I I kind of bought it a little bit. I kind of bought it a little bit. She kind of had that, like, at the end of the movie when she breaks up with Dante and she has that passionate speech about him and stuff like that. That I kind of felt a little bit. I kind of felt like her anger towards him and how she felt towards him at least at the end of that whole thing. I mean, I don't know about the rest of the movie, but towards the end, I kind of bought it. Caitlin, definitely not. Caitlin was absolutely phoning it in. But it's fine because these, like I said, these are all not professionals. These are people that really haven't done, if they've done any acting, it's like high school play. Like, that's probably the best amount of acting a lot of these people have done. <clears throat> Jason Mewes, on the other hand, he was extremely nervous throughout this movie like the, Kevin Smith will talk about that and there's a lot of trivia things you can read about that like you remember the dance scene with Jay and Silent Bob when they're playing the music and they were dancing on the side apparently the way they were able to do that because Jason Mewes was so nervous about being on camera and doing something stupid like that they had to set up the camera and everybody had to go inside the video store so it was just Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes outside in front of the camera and that's how they had to do it because he was too nervous to do it the cinematography the camera shots of this movie Aren't that great? No. I mean, there's no <laughs> real. I mean, I mean, it's early on in his career, and he still gets a lot of flack for that, even in his <clears throat> present day movies. I mean, it's really vanilla. With here's a scene playing out, and we're shooting it in a <clears throat> in a regular box view instead of like you know some yeah. films out there get real unique with like different <laughs> camera angles. What's funny about that is he talks about that in a lot of podcasts. Like he's been doing he's been invited a few times to direct some flash episodes. Mm-hmm. And they love him, they want him to come back all the time cuz they love him doing it, but he's just directing. He's he's used to do in most of his movies he's used to doing the editorial work and not just directing the actors. And these are all professionals he's working with who've done it for years. And he was talking about doing this with the camera. And this one guy was like, well, we could do that. Or we could do this. And it was like one of those cinematic like angles you're talking about. And Kevin's just like, holy shit, I didn't even know we could fucking do that. Like, that's yeah. fucking, that's professional yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, that's, pro- that's professional. Like, these fuckers know what they're doing and shit. Yeah, he doesn't. And, and I get it, especially with Clerks, one of his younger movies. But even you see it currently. A lot of his cinematography is... Watching something play out. Yeah. Like, he's filming it as you would be sitting in front of the TV. It'd be like if we set up a camera just right in front of us, and nobody was on the other side manning it, and we just mm. sat here, and we're just talking. That's kind of how a lot of his movies play out. That, that's how it would be. I like to see a little more. I like to see unique things. I like to see... 
up views. I like to see fish eyes. I like to see stuff like that. I'll be honest with you. That's that helps, and that's very very helpful for it. With a Kevin Smith flick, though, for most of his movies, since as I said before, they're basically all talkies, all conversations. As long he's more of a writer. He likes to think of himself as more of a writer than a director. Yes. But He's a he's, writer who directs he's, movies. He's focused, <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah. He said he's that. focused more on conversation. He's focused more on the dialogue. The banter. What the banter's. The banter of his film, the back and forth wink here. Like, it's Seinfeld esque. It's, you can sit here and talk about nothing, and your your audience is Mesmerized. riveted. Yes, yes. Mes- yes. It, it, I mean, as a kid, I never really liked Seinfeld, I never really got it. Now I really like Seinfeld. It's it, there's nothing. The show's about nothing. Exactly. Nothing. This movie, there's no plot. <laughs> there is no plot to Clerks. There's no nothing gets yeah. accomplished. It's just the day in the life of two guys who have a shitty job and a shitty life. Yeah. And this is how they get through their day <laughs> and this is what they fucking talk about. It's hilarious. The humor, the <clears throat> comedy, a plus. We made a reference a few episodes ago to one of their conversations there on the car with the the sucking your own dick reference conversation. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I asked you mm-hmm. about sucking your own, sucking your own dick if you ever did it. That was a that was kind of a joke they did in Clerks. That mm-hmm. was one of their the Randall and Dante scenes where they were banned when they were going to the yeah. funeral and uh, Randall was telling about his cousin that tried to suck his own dick and broke his neck <laughs> or whatever, and they found him balls deep with his dick yeah. in his mouth or whatever. <laughs> he he actually got there. <laughs> Him. Yeah. yeah. The classic, probably one of the most classic banters is a conversation I think every nerd has had in their life is the conversation about the uh the Death Star mm-hmm. and the contractors that had to work on it. It's I don't they're like on the cutting edge of putting something. We've all talked about shit like that. The the little things in movies that just make us wonder, but they put it in a movie. They put talking about that in a movie. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I imagine Randall and Dante are like the original podcasters. Like if they just took what they would talk about every day and recorded it and threw it on a podcast, they'd be like on Howard Stern. Like if they existed in real life, they'd be like on the level of Howard Stern. Like that's what they did. They just talked about random shit that you would normally talk about in a podcast. And they just, that's what they do. That's banter. why Kevin Smith's podcasts are so successful. They are. that That's how he makes most I mean, of his living. The character now. of Randall was written by Kevin Smith. He wanted to play that role himself. Um, he, he, he wanted to play it himself, but I don't think he, I think he said he didn't think he could pull it off or whatever. So he got uh, the other guy, uh, Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson to play it. Who, what I love a lot about Kevin Smith movies are he reuses the same characters in all his movies. Like you'll see, he does that a lot. He doesn't yeah. use every single character, but he'll reuse. So it basically it means these movies pretty much all exist in the same universe, like in the real world. And they're just the same people used over and over again. He refers to characters. Uh, like, I don't know if you know, like this is a fun little <laughs> fact. The funeral they go to in clerks, Julie Dwyer. Yeah. She's talked about in Mallrats. Yeah. She was supposed to be on the game show and she died. So those movies honestly are happening like simultaneously in the same town yeah. in New Jersey. The only characters are Jay and Silent Bob are somehow in both. Somehow they're in both places <laughs> at the same time. That. But other than that, there's different characters. 
in Jay, different places. Jane and Silent Mom might be the most well-known characters of those movies because they're they get around to every single other movie he does. They had their own freaking movie. He, he wrote them their own movie. They did, but it all was, the movies like neither one of us put Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in our top no, five. It was it, good, but it was it was it was if you take it for what it is. Yes. it was it was. Hey, fans! It was meant this to be is for you, fans. A ridiculous grandstand out there comedy movie. Yes. It makes like. no sense. It's not smart. It, it, it was it was the first step <coughs> in to where Kevin Smith is my, today with his films. My favorite, one of my favorite scenes in James Bond: Strike Back has to be the monologue Jay does about the chimp and the Planet of the Apes references and stuff like that. Like, that is so... That that has to be one of my favorite moments. That has to be one of my favorite Jay and Silent Bob moments. But other than that film, they're never the stars. They're never the leads. Jay and Silent Bob are always secondary characters. And I like them as secondary characters. I, I think that's where they should be. They're absolutely secondary characters. They should be secondary characters. But if you're going to do a Kevin Smith comedy, I almost think it wouldn't feel right without Jane Silent Bob. Well, he doesn't do them anymore. Those characters have been retired, correct? Well, he's going to do he's going to do Clerks three, right? And he's going to do Mallrats as a TV series. Are apparently. they in it? Are those characters in it? I feel like they have to be. I would love them to be. I feel like they have to be. Like I feel like they they it. It wouldn't ruin the movie if they weren't in it, obviously, but I feel like those are the kind of characters that when there's a serious moment going on in Clerks or Clerks 2 or any of those other movies, like if there's, they're, they're few and far between, but if there's a serious moment, a lot of times he'll just throw Jay in there with some quirk, some stupid fucking like dumb thing for him to say or something. It's pretty funny and it kind of lightens well, up I mean, the scene. They weren't in Zach and Mary make a porno. They weren't in Red State. No. I didn't but see Red wasn't Yoga a... Hosers, but I don't think they're in those either. Well, the three na- movies you just named, they weren't comedies, though. Like, Jane and Silent Bob was more of a comedic Zach team. Zack and Mary was a comedy. It, it's a comedy. No, they weren't in there, but... Jason Mewes played a different character. He played a different character. Uh, Lester the Justin Molester. Long was in it. Lester the Molester. Cockenstein. <laughs> That's the coolest fucking porn <laughs> name ever. I can have a porn name? <laughs> it would be Dave Matheson or something like that. Um, no... It seems like Zack and Mary make porno looks or is it looks different the way it's filmed that it almost feels like it exists outside the view skew universe almost like that's kind of how I feel. it looks it looks it looks the way it's filmed different it seems more professionally done All it doesn't the look stories take place <clears throat> in New Jersey it, well or Canada the later ones are all in Canada yeah um not sure a red state take place somewhere in the south in a I would red imagine, state i would imagine yeah. in a red southern <laughs> state but uh all the movies take place in new jersey except for zach and mary make a porno takes place in pittsburgh yeah and then a bunch of them are now maybe that's why Canada. it feels differently but i just the filming of it it's it felt more professional obviously and it was there was a lot more money put in there dogma likely. is part in new jersey <clears throat> the other part there in illinois <clears throat> Yeah. Maybe maybe the reason why Jay and Silent Bob weren't in it, that's why it didn't feel like a Kevin Smith film almost. It was a funny film and it was a great movie, but maybe that's the reason why it almost didn't feel like a Kevin Smith Dogma, movie. Dogma, they had a big role in Dogma. Yeah, they were prophets. They they were still they weren't the lead characters, but they were that was probably their biggest role in any film. Yeah. Other than Jay and Silent Bob where they were the stars. So usually whenever we do these throwback cinemas, oftentimes in the past 
I like to give a play-by-play, kind of how the yeah. movie goes, you know, scene by scene by scene, let's tell the story. I'm trying to avoid that more often. I'm trying to be more like, I guess, a movie reviewer would be, where we talk about the movie itself, the characters, things like that. And it's really hard. It's especially it, hard to do this movie because exactly, it's so random. Exactly. There's so much stuff that goes on. There's I made notes on my phone with this movie, and there's so many notes on here just of things that happen. I can't. I feel like I can't talk about one without referencing back to another almost. Like, it's it's difficult to do, but... That's all right, because I feel that the movies that we choose for throwback cinema, they're all classics anyway. Yeah. So the people who are listening to this podcast, you should, you should have seen these movies. If you haven't, shame on you, because these are classic films. Go watch them. One of the things I do like about the relationship between Randall and Dante themselves, in Clerks and in Clerks 2, is... Dante is the the complaining character, the the character that represents everything we hate about our lives. Oh my God, this shit's going so wrong. This this is wrong with my life. Why is this so wrong with my life? Randall is the conduit that focuses him. He's the person that brings Dante back and saying, "You know what? Fuck you, dude. Like, shut the fuck up. Your life is not as miserable as you make it out to be. Like, it's not that big of a fucking deal. You hate your job. Fucking quit your job. There are plenty of other jobs out there. Like, you hate this about your life. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, he said, we push buttons. A trained chimp can do this job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the, he has he has that moment at the end of the Clerks, and he even has that same moment at the end of Clerks too, when Dante's once again complaining about his life, and Randall has to. Say sit there and say dude shut the fuck up like like what we should be doing is this like this is what we need to do or if you hate this about your life then fucking change this like stop saying stop tr- complaining like your life basically saying your life isn't that bad you have the opportunity to do whatever you want with your fucking life shut up and i know we're talking <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about clerks but we've been kind of s- spiraling off and talking about kevin smith in general yeah. and his work in general and in clerks it's the story is the day in the life of the two guys. Their shitty life at work. Yeah. Clerks 2, I feel that the main premise, Clerks 2 is more of a love story. And it's a love story between best friends. It is. Between Dante and Randall. It is. Yeah, he, Randall is not, basically in Clerks 2, Dante is supposed to be marrying this girl and moving away to another state and leaving Randall. They're basically Dante and Randall like brothers. They're like brothers and Randall sees it as a betrayal. Like he even says later on in the movie of Clerks 2, if I'd known that this was going to happen, like they had this big falling out. He's like, if I'd known this shit was going to happen, I'd never even mess with your ass but years ago when I first met you. Mm-hmm. Like like he's emotional, but he's actually emotional about it because he knows that the these two are basically like fucking thick and thin. Like they belong together. Like they are... You know, no homo, but they are basically hetero life mates. Like, that's what they are. Like, they essentially complete each other. Like, he is, Dante complains, and Randall makes quirky jokes, and they have banter back and forth, and they just fit together. Like, they're the, like, Kevin Smith wrote them as almost the perfect duo. Like, they could be the odd couple, is what they could be. And they, like you said, Dante is just, he gets so pissed off so easy at the drop of a pin. He's just so high strung and Randall is the opposite of that. He just, he centers him almost. Yeah. He keeps, he keeps it real. He's like, don't fucking worry about it. Like he doesn't worry about anything. They're perfect for each other. They are. They're perfect. 
one of the characters that I love, and I didn't know how much I loved him until I rewatched it before we did this throwback cinema. I really enjoyed Scott Mosier's the main, the kind of the main character. I guess you could say he plays in there. He's basically I can't remember the he's name of the beautiful guy. Beautiful man. Yeah, he's basically Willem Snowball. Willem, yeah, he's basically the really high friend who doesn't really know what's going on most of the time. He just makes like weird, stupid comments and just kind of wanders around, like. <clears throat> Uh, there's a scene where Caitlin is traumatized by a certain incident and she has to be put in an ambulance with a dead body, essentially. And he just kind of wanders into the ambulance when nobody's looking and just sits in there like nothing's going, like it's a park bench. Like it's just a public bench you can sit down on and they close the door and they drive away. Like it's fucking hilarious. Like it's great. <clears throat> Scott, there's one question I want to ask you. And I, as I was watching the movie, I feel like it's not a question that everybody probably thinks of, but it's a question I thought of. Asking me if I ever tried to suck my own dick again? Um, no. No, different no, question? No, different question. Okay. Uh, Caitlin or Veronica? Caitlin or Veronica, if you had to choose. Kill, marry, or fuck? What, what, what about them? Assuming, assuming, I'm saying, like, assuming you're not married, obviously you're a single man, if you had to pick one, which one, one would it be? One to do what? To be with, to, you know, To fuck. bang or marry or spend the rest of your life with? I well basically it's the it's the conundrum that Dante's uh under which one does he want to be with which one does he want to be in a relationship with if you had to make that decision if you were stuck I think there, the movie pretty much finds that, that out for us It does but I'm just I, I want to know your I thought. think Caitlin Bree was the more attractive She admits that she's a freaking whore Yeah so that's the girl that he wants he lusts for but Veronica, what's what's the quote that the Silent Bob says? There's it's a million, f- million fine-looking women in the world, but not all of them bring lasagna to you at work. Yeah, most of them just cheat on you. Yeah, that sells it right there. That's that's the answer. Which is the perfect Silent Bob character. Every movie he's in, usually he only gets like one or two lines or mm-hmm. one or two conversations, and they always have to be something worthwhile they always have to be something meaningful chasing amy clerks clerks i think he did it in clerks too as well um all of them dogma everything like jay and silent bob strike back even at the end i mean it's not emotionally centered but it's it's very smart what he's all he talks about but the back of the car <coughs> said critters for hollywood you dumb fuck <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say much, but it's memorable. It is, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the most funniest jokes is the 37 Dicks joke. Yeah. Let's be honest, that is the funniest, funniest joke. <laughs> My girlfriend sucked 36 dick in a row? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 like I said. This movie is quotable. For if you've seen, if so you've quotable. seen, it's if you've seen this movie. If you're one of those fans of Kevin Smith, like Scott and I are, then we'll quote something. We'll say something about it, and we'll instantly know what we're talking about, and we'll just laugh about it because it's like it's just it's just that funny. So back when I was in high school, I was gonna go, but something came up. There was like a group, a couple of us, really good friends that were just obsessed with this film. And I've always wanted to do this, and I missed my opportunity to do it, and I'd still like to cross off my bucket list. But they took a pilgrimage to New Jersey. They went to Red Bank, New Jersey, and Leonardo, New Jersey, where this film, where, where all the movies were filmed. Really? And they actually went to the Quick Stop 
and they went to uh, what's it called RNL video RNS video. It's yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're <laughs> still there. They operate their stuff. I think I believe Kevin Smith owns them now. I think I think I could be wrong. He owns the store. He doesn't own them. He owns the store. Yeah, not them. Them who? I thought you were talking about the people that originally owned it. What? When you said them, I thought like the you... two stores that are side by okay, side. Okay, yeah, I thought you were talking about he owned them as in the people that are. Originally... Never mind. Never mind. You can't own somebody, Adam. That's, That's what slavery. I was going to say. That's, what I was That's slavery. You. That's what no, I was correcting you. Owns, I believe he owns the Quick Stop and the video store now. Yeah. Um, but my friends went there and they went into the Quick Stop and they said it's really just like any other convenience store you've ever been into in your life. It's set up the same way. And they said they went in. It's funny because they went into the video store and looked around and they said it had a huge porn section. It was the main part of it was the adult video section. Um, but I just, I wish I could have gone with them. That was something I regret. That would be, that'd be a story to talk about. (coughs) Definitely. Like I would love to go. I would love to go see there. Like, the store is RST, RST video, and it stands for apparently Rajiv Sarla and Tarla Tarlashen Tarla. Can uh, I'm butchering the pronunciation, obviously. And apparently, the first names of the son, mother, and father team who owned the Quick Stop <coughs> and those places. That's that's what it stood for, apparently. So that's that's clever. I just I just love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It's it's number six on my list all-time favorite films and it's not a perfectly done movie there's definite definite mistakes but i just love it the humor and the banter and the writing of this movie make up for the other shortcomings of it and it's it's great it's great so do you want to rate this movie adam um yeah i can rate this movie are we doing a one out of five? One out of five, just like we do for the beer of the show on our regular shows. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. I'm gonna give it a four. The writing is great, in my opinion. The reason why it loses the point is, like we said, the cinematography is very amateurish because they're these. This is his first film. These are not people that are experienced in doing any of this stuff. The acting very amateur, very amateurish. Not that we could do any better, obviously, but we have to judge it based on this. Uh, like we said, people that have never really done this before unless they've done you know, a school play or anything. But for what he had to work with and for what he did, it gives it a 4 out of 5. The writing, you know, his the hard work he did, uh, everything like that. The constraints he had where he could only film at night and, every, and everything. I think he wrote the whole shutter scene and it works. It works. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. Okay. Well, I'm going to be boring like I've been the past few throwback cinemas we've done. And I'm going to give it a a five out of five. Really? Yes, I am. Because I just... If you're going to be one of my top ten favorite movies of all time, you're going to have a five. I mean... If you're in the top 10, you get a 5 out of 5. That's that's how it works. It has mistakes in it, but it's all made up for in my nostalgia for it. Just reminds me of when I was young, back in the 90s, when I watched this movie. It was it brings a tear to my eye 
to think about this and how much I love Kevin Smith and all his work. I'd like, I mean, I didn't put him in my people I'd like to have lunch with, Adam, like you did. But yeah. I would love to meet the guy. He goes to a lot of Comic-Cons. Maybe okay. we'll run into him at a Comic-Con sometime. It'd be, I'd nice. Like, It'd be nice. I'd like to shake his hand and tell him what a huge fan I am. And He would love it. He's he's one of those celebrities that would says, if you guys want to come out to me and you know talk to me, fucking come out to me and talk to me. Like, I'm all for it. Like, I love hearing how people are big fans of me and stuff. Chances are, though, we'd have to see him somewhere... Not a Comic-Con, because those are his people. Like, everybody there would want a piece of him, so. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, he would, be, he would be most likely surrounded by yeah, people. Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. I would, he's he's one of those celebrities I would wait in line to meet. I would wait in line to meet him. You know? That, that, that's what I would do. All right, Scott. Um, I don't think we have anything else more to say about this movie. No. No, pretty much nails it, so. Well, what can we end on? Let's see. I mean, we've got, we always end with our social media accounts. We head to Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. You guys head over there, like our page. Search for your distraction at podcast FYD for Twitter. Like our page and follow us. And if you guys have a throwback cinema you'd like us to, you'd like us to talk about and review, let us know. Um, follow us, Periscope. We're also part of the Potter family on Twitter. Like their page, follow them. You know they got a lot of great podcasts. They always retweet our stuff. So um, we always end with that kind of stuff. Scott, how would you like to end this podcast? My love will hit you like a truck berserker. Would you like some making fuck berserker? My love for you is like ticking clock, Belzerker. Would you like to suck my cock, Belzerker? That's beautiful, man. <laughs>